Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org. Uh, I want to deal with the subject this morning, follow the blueprint, uh, uh, slash red, pen, uh, red print. Uh, I just uh, had to throw that in there. If you'll just follow the red, guys, you'll be all right. Uh, uh, and I'm, I'm not going to speak to men, uh, but I'm sure it's going to be from the Word of God, so you women are going to be able to glean from it. Uh, but turn with me to the book of Matthew, chapter number 7, verse number 24. Amen. Let's uh, continue to be in prayer for some of our members uh, in some trying times. Brother Larry, continue to pray for him. I'll be praying for Sister Rose next week. She'll be going back for a, uh, a minor surgery. Uh, but she said, I know already everything's okay. So I'll be praying for her. Her surgery will be on Tuesday. There will be no service of any kind, no small groups here tonight. Uh, so you can spend time with your fathers. And, and uh, for some of us who have lost our fathers, today can be a challenge, can be a challenge, especially for some of us that lost them unexpectedly or uh, by some inadvertent crises. It can be hard for you. Uh, so my heart goes out to you today, and I want to encourage you that still have one. Show him some honor. I know you don't think he knows anything, and I know you think he gets it all wrong and does the wrong thing at the wrong time. But one of these days, you're going to miss that. Trust me. So if you still got one, give him some honor. And some of you have fathers in your life that's not your biological father. Someone who's just a father figure. Today would be a good day to let them know you appreciate them. Are y'all there? Matthew chapter number seven. I want to say it's good to have everybody at Life Church this morning. You are so welcome uh, we just love you and appreciate you for being here today. Matthew chapter number 7, beginning at verse number 24. Uh, I'm sure that uh, our media technician will keep up on the screen. If you don't have your Bible, don't worry about it. It'll be on the screen. Therefore, whosoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him unto a wise man, which built his house Upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that hears these sayings of mine and does not do them shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell. And great was the fall of it. I want you to, uh, you don't have to turn there, but if you'll put it on the screen one more place before we're seated. Matthew, I mean Hebrews 3, 4 and 5. It says, for every house is built by some man. But he that built all things is God. And Moses verily was faithful in all his house as a servant. I'm going to say that again. Moses was faithful to his house as a servant. Servant actually comes from the word which means to serve or to minister. It's actually from the Greek word minister. Moses was the minister of his house and he was a faithful minister. Amen. And a minister is simply, I need you to catch this, guys, the chief servant. The chief servant. So today, we're going to talk to, uh, about building because men are builders. Let's pray together. Father, we just love you and praise you. We just thank you, Lord, for this uh, setting, this awesome opportunity all these great men of God that's in this house today, O oh Lord. And I just pray you'll speak to us all that we'll leave here richer, fuller, full of your wisdom as the leaders and ministers and servants of our homes. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Like I said, today we, I want you to go with me on this journey uh, and I'll try to preach long enough for all the buffets to be cleared out. 
all the people to be gone and we can go get us some seats. Is that okay? I'm thinking about you today. So we're going to talk about building because men are builders. Amen. And when I said that, some of your wives said, uh-huh. <laughs> you missed it, Pastor. You're, you're, you're builders. Men are builders whether you know it or not. You are building your house. You are building your children. You are building your wife. You are building your body. I've been working on mine for a while now. You're you're a builder, and you're always building. You're building your kingdom, whether good or bad. You're building a legacy that's going to affect generation after generation. And because God designed you to be a builder, he he gave you something the woman don't have. He gave you something just a little bit extra because you're a builder. He gave you a hormone called testosterone. What are y'all giggling about? And he gave it to you so you would be aggressive. He gave it to you to make you ambitious. Because there ain't no, nothing no more disgusting than a man without ambition. Amen. He, he put it in you that you don't like to be second. Oh, you men are quiet this morning. Come on, help me out. I, I ain't going to hurt you. Amen. You, you don't like to be second. Amen. It's a competitive spirit. Testosterone rises up in you. Amen. And you just got to conquer something. Amen. It's, it's God. He put it in you. Amen. You ever, you, you, you know, I'm past all that athletic business. <laughs> and I'm beyond that. I mean, I ain't got to arm wrestle you and win no more. Amen. But I notice when I'm driving sometimes and you pass me. Uh, can I get a witness from anybody? Amen. Uh, amen. It'll show up in the most unlikely places. Amen. And when you come around me, there's just something about me that wants to gas it. Amen. I was sitting at the red light. I don't know if y'all know what I drive, but I drive a Nissan Frontier. Red is this carpet. It's real little. You put it on and pull it off. And I was just sitting at the red light the other day, and a guy pulled up beside me in a big old high thing. I looked up at him and started, brum, brum. Huh? So it, it don't matter what you got. You want to be the best at it. <laughs> I got to get out of that. Oh, are you listening to me? He, he put it in us, amen, so you would be aggressive and ambitious, amen, because you can't build if you don't have ambition. Amen. You'll never break ground and you'll never take territory if you ain't aggressive. Amen. In other words, men, they ought to be some fight in you. Matter of fact, your Bible says God created man to subdue and have dominion and rule because he was created in the likeness of God. And God is a builder. He's the very epitome of ambition. Amen. Uh, And then God said, it's not good for man to be alone. In other words, your Bible says, God said, I'm going to make a help meet for him. In other words, I'm going to make someone who is suitable and complementary to him. Can I get a big amen from all you husbands? Which actually translates, listen to this. This is the actual translation in the Hebrew. Amen. He said, I'm I'm going to make him a counterpart who balances him. Amen, Taylor. This is where you say amen. Uh, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a, 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 a counterpart that will bring balance to your ambition. She's going to bring balance to your vision. She's going to bring balance to your direction. Amen. She's going to help you stay within the boundaries. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. In other words, men's can't, men, you can't build properly without her. I thought at least you ladies had helped me today. I said, men, you can't build properly without her. Y'all get with me in a minute. Amen. Because God said it's not good for man to be alone. Women are anointed to help. 
They are anointed to help you take the vision. They are anointed to help you find the vision and then take the vision to the next dimension. Amen. They are anointed to make your mission successful. Amen. There's something about that woman, and I don't want to get sidetracked, but I really, really, really want to pour out to you women. She, a woman, will pour her whole self into you into your vision, into the kids. She will pour everything into your desires, your dreams. She's anointed to help you reach your God-given destiny. Matter of fact, she is so designed to help and to promote, amen, uh, and to take your vision or the vision to the next level that is frustrated for a woman to be tied to a man with no vision. Don't say nothing, ladies. Just be quiet. Amen. I said women need a builder to help. They need a mission to assist. There's nothing no more frustrating than for a woman to be tied to a man with no aggression, no ambition, no desire to take something, to conquer something, and to overcome something. Amen. And here in our text, we have two builders. We have a wise builder and a foolish builder. Please note that they are both builders. They are both building the same thing. Your Bible says they're building a house. The only thing that differentiates between these two builders is the foundation that they chose to build on. Oh, go with me today. Amen. In other words, it's not what they're building, but it was the foundation they chose to build on that warranted that their title be that of a fool or a wise man. Your Bible says that one built his house on the sand and one built his house on a rock. The one who built his house on the sand, he wanted the benefits of a house, but he didn't want to dig. Oh, God, help me today, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. He wanted the benefits of a house, but he didn't want to go through the trouble or put forth the effort to get down to the rock. He wanted the benefits of a house, but he didn't want to remove the shifty debris that makes an elephant unstable and vulnerable to the elements. That takes too much time and too much effort. The building is so much funner than the digging. Mm, it's going to get quiet in this place, guys. Amen. Uh, and any builder worth his salt will tell you that the most important part of building is the digging. The most important part of building, amen, is the removing of the shifty, unstable, the temporal. Some men are still too shifty to be building a house. Who y'all got Jesus? Are you still up there? I need help. They quiet. I said, some men are still too shifty to be trying to build a house. Amen. Because you see, sand is the epitome of temporary. Anybody foolish enough to build on sand, amen, is building with a temporary mindset. You can't build an enduring home on a temporary mindset. Oh, guys, you got to hear it, Pastor. Amen. Amen. You, you've got to build with a mindset, I'm here for the long haul. You, you got to build, amen, uh, with a mindset. I'm not here today and gone tomorrow, amen. There is no other option. This house has to stand. I need somebody to get this where divorce is running rampant and men are not being men and men are bailing out. And even when they're building, they're building with a mindset that if it don't work, I can always go build somewhere else. Amen. Amen. You can't build on temporary sand. You got to build with a mindset. Come hell or high water, I'll be here. Your wife has got to know, I don't care how much of an idiot you act like, I started to build a home and I will not finish, I will not quit until it is finished. 
Amen. You got you got to know some things when it comes to building. When I first moved over, I'm from East Texas. We have trees everywhere. Amen. I moved on a piece of property without a tree on it. Whew, that was a transition. Not a tree on it. And I built, I had horses back then and I built me a, uh, a, a horse stall. I had it nice, three stalls for my horses, amen. And I built it right on top of the ground. Built it right on top of the ground, amen. Uh, and, and, and in this wide open area, I didn't know that the wind came through here like that. And I had a fence beside my horse stalls. It was three stalls in one building, amen. And I got up one morning and the wind had come, picked my building up, flipped it upside down on the other side of the fence. So from that point on, when I built, I built knowing the wind's gonna blow. Oh, let me try let me try over here. I built knowing it looks good right now and, and, and she's calm right now. I'm going to try to behave, amen. Everything's smooth right now. All the bills are paid right now. Kids ain't going crazy right now. But I'm going to go ahead and build with the thought. Sooner or later, the rain's going to come, the flood's going to rise, and the wind's going to begin to blow, amen. Are you listening? When I built, ain't nothing on my property now that ain't 12 to 8 inches deep with cement around everything. I cement the car down, if you don't watch me. I cement. Can you follow me? I see me in everything because I build with the understanding or with the knowledge. I expect this thing to stay. Listen to me, men. When you build in your house, you got to build with the mindset. I'm going to plant my roots deep. It will not be temporary. It'll stand the storm. Woo! Are y'all listening to me? Amen. If you're going to build a house that can stand the storm, you're going to have to dig. You're going to have to remove the shifty sand of your immaturity. Y'all are so scaring me today. I said, there's some debris that's got to be removed if you're going to build something that's going to endure the tests that are going to come. Amen. Because I don't mean to be a doomsday preacher, but I have been married long enough to let you know that it ain't always sunshining at my house. It ain't always cool at my, it gets hot sometimes. Oh God, I'm going to get in trouble. Sure as the world, I love you, baby. Okay, no matter what comes out for the rest of this sermon, I love you. Amen. Hey, listen to me. So before you build, sometimes you got to start removing some of the shifty, sandy things. You got to remove the shifty debris of your own immaturity. You got to remove some of the shifty sands of your own selfishness and your own self-centeredness. Thank you, Scott. Amen. You're going to have to remove some of the shifty mindsets of, well, I can always build somewhere else. If she don't pan out, I can. There's other fish in the sea. There's... Mm-hmm. You're going to have to remove. There's some things. You got to do some digging before you're ready to build. Amen. You got to. You got to. You, you got to remove that toxic mindset of it's my way or no way. Huh? I'm going to help some of you young marriages because that wife is anointed to bring some balance into your life. Huh? You know that, that time when you walk off saying you're just negative? No, she's... Boy, that hit right here. That hit right. She's just negative. She don't understand me. She don't understand God. I've preached this stuff because that woman has been my balancer all my life. Amen. I just seen it. I said, go. I'm ambitious. My test, test, test. Yeah, yeah, that stuff's flowing, man. I'm telling you, I'm flowing in it. Amen. And she has to pull the reins back sometimes. Huh? If you ain't ready to, for her to bring balance into your life, you ain't ready to build. That foolish man built on the sand and when, somebody shout when. Not if, when. And when the storm came, it beat. When the storm came, it beat. 
When the storm came, it beat. To beat means to strike repeatedly. It means to lay on repeated blows. Amen. That honeymoon can only last so long. But after that, I'm telling you, the repeated blows are going to begin to beat on that house. Amen. It wouldn't be bad with one lick. I, I might could come back with one good lick on the chin. Amen. Amen. But he said it came and it just beat and it just kept beating. Amen. And you know what I've learned out of 34 years of marriage? Amen. Amen. The beating may change, but it never stops. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, you young folks, mark my word. Amen. Because in the first, it might be just financial beatings that just keeps beating on your house. Amen. But then you fool around and have kids. Lord, help us. And, and, and then they got a way of putting you in situations where here comes another beating. Amen. And then you get them jokers raised. And, and then there's a beating on a whole new level. Don't never think you get your kids raised. You only get bigger problems that are more expensive. It's always something beating on that house. And it'll come between the husband and the wife. Y'all might want to say, I'm going to work it today. It comes, it'll come between the husband and the wife. Amen. And, 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 if the, and, and one of the beatings is when my wife is telling me, you ought to be beating him. Huh? Oh, some of y'all don't know what I'm talking about, but you're going to come to this. Amen. Uh, I'm trying to be their best friend, and she's trying to give me to give them the beating I ought to give them. It's, an, it's another form that the devil tries to come with, amen, and to destroy your house. And then if that ain't enough, you go over the hill. If I got any brothers over the hill, whatever that is, you get over the hill, amen, and then health issues starts coming in and situations starts coming in. It's a whole new form of beating, amen, and husbands and wives has to transition into all different areas, amen. And if that house wasn't built on the rock, the wind will beat it down. It'll beat it down. He said it strikes repeatedly. In other words, he said there was opposition from every direction and dimension. And your Bible says that the house fell. And the Bible says great was the fall of that house. Look at it. He said rains was coming from this way. The flood was coming from this way. And wind was coming from this way. This house was under opposition from every dimension. It was under opposition from every direction. Amen. The word flood means an overflowing of water that is beyond the normal. Amen. If your house ain't built right, amen, when problems go past the normal, it'll fall. Amen. So you, you, You're going to face problems that are not common and normal. And he said, the house fell. And what stood out to me was, and great was the fall of that house. Why is it so great? Because when you fall alone, no one else is affected but you. But when you fall, after you've built a house, everyone in the house falls. Oh my God. I don't mean to touch a soul spot, sore spot but, but this is why you gotta have forethought. Because after you build the house, and the house falls, it affects everyone in the house with you. Everyone gets exposed to the adverse elements that should have never got to them. Oh, I need y'all to help me. I said it should have never got to them. It should have got, I, 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 I'm not pinpointing things and I'm, not, and I'm not poking sore spots, amen. But we gotta establish our marriages because when homes fall, it affects everything around it. That's why the Bible says, which of you intended to build, don't sit down first and count the cost. Amen. Men, we got to start going into these marriages. Amen. But first, we got to sit down. Huh? You just want to build. You just want to build. No, we got to sit down first. 
And I got to count the cost. You know what? This is going to cost me some feelings. It's going to cost me some emotions. It's certainly going to cost me some money. Can I get a witness, gentlemen? Amen. It's going to cost me some of my time. It's going to cost me my own self-will. This is what it's going to cost me. I got to make sure that I have sufficient to finish what I start. Woo! He said, great was the fall of that house. Can I tell you today, amen, many kids grow up and are still affected by the fall. Grown people. Now they're trying to raise their own families, but they're still under the trauma of the great fall because of a father who didn't count the cost. He built on a sandy foundation. But there was another builder. And Jesus called him a wise Builder, because he built on a rock. He built his house on a permanent foundation that the elements could not alter. So the question is, what does that rock look like? Or a better question is, who is that rock? 1 Corinthians 10 says, they drank the same spiritual drink from they drank from a spiritual rock that followed him, and that rock was Christ. Jesus himself said in the book of Matthew, I am that rock, and upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Amen. I, I, I love 1 Corinthians 3. Paul said, according to the grace of God which is given me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. But let every man take heed how he builds. For other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Men, God has given you the grace to be a wise master builder. One who is proficient in building. Amen. It's, it's the same word for an architect who is designing his home according to the blueprint. Amen. He's a wise master builder. He knows to follow the plan. Amen. He knows to follow the example. That's what I, I started to title it because I don't know if all men like this, but I think the majority of us is we're not good with instructions, but we can rock pictures. No, just give me a picture. When I put stuff together for my kids, I, I, I took the box and set it up in the living room and looked at the picture. Amen. That's, that's, that's all I needed was an example. We, we do better with example. I'd go to reading and get confused. Amen. So Jesus said, I got you covered, men. I'm going to set an example that whether you can read that Bible or not, just watch me. Somebody say, follow the blueprint. Amen. He, he said, I'm going to show you how to do it. I'm not just going to tell you how to do it. I'm going to set an example for you to be able to follow. Paul said, God has given you the grace to be a wise master builder. There's no excuse for building a dilapidated home. I said, there's no excuse for building a faulty home. There's no excuse for being a faulty father. There's no excuse for being a faulty husband. Come on, women, help me out. Ain't no excuse. Why? Because we got a blueprint or a red print. We got an example. He said, if you'll follow this, let hell come, let high water come, and when the floods reside, Joey, you still be standing. You still be standing. Look, let's go deeper. Amen. So we can get to this baptizing. So let's look at the blueprint for just a minute that Jesus left us to build our homes with. Amen. Now, come on, I need you to shake your neighbor and tell him, follow the blueprint. Go ahead, wake him up, tell him, follow the blueprint. Jesus said, let me show you how to build your house on a rock. Ephesians 5, 25. Work these scriptures with me for just a few minutes. He said, let me, let me, let me show you guys how to build a house on the rock. Husbands, love your wives. How? Follow the blueprint. Don't love your wife like Steve loves his. Don't love your wife like Scott loves his. 
Amen. Don't, 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 no. He said, husband, love your wives like Jesus loved his bride. The church. And done what? What? Uh, she ought to know I love her. I got her a house. She ought to know I love her. I pay the bills. She ought to know I love her. I gave her a credit card. She ought to know I love her. I get up and go to work every morning. You lazy scoundrel, you should get up and go to work. Happy Father's Day. Did I say that? (laughs) No, no, no. Amen. She needs something from you that ain't in your wallet. It ain't in... It's PG. (laughs) It ain't ain't in your... Okay, can I move on? No, no, no. No, you think she does, but that ain't what she needs. Amen. She would be just as happy living in a tent if she had you. Well, per se. Amen. If she had your heart, if she had your mind, can I get a witness? If I just had you. Amen. Amen. We're present and absent at the same time. Adam was present, but out of position. I said Adam was present, but he was not in position. And as a result, the woman was not covered by her husband. He loved enough. Amen. You ain't even started loving. I can give any woman 20 bucks. Oh, we got guests this morning, and this is just going south. Amen. To get what I want. (laughs) It's called prostitution. Can I help you, gentlemen? Your wife is not a prostitute. She don't need to be paid off, amen, because I'm finna teach you she's got something in you and she wants to serve something greater than your narcissistic, egotistic attitude. She's got something in her, amen, that it don't really matter if your muscles are falling and... And, and things are happening, amen. What she needs and wants to partner with is what you got inside of you. Jesus loved the church and gave himself. That's what we have a problem giving. Oh, I need to stop right here and tell you that teenager don't need 40 bucks to go out and party. Amen. Uh, uh, Go ahead and give them the money. Amen. But they need a daddy that knows how to give the kids themselves. Amen. It ain't, oh, help me, Holy Ghost. I'm on a soapbox now. Amen. It's when men give themselves, it creates a legacy that affects generation after generation. Money don't build a home. It may build a house, but it will not build a home. Some of you kids are estranged and you don't know why. It's because you couldn't give you. Especially our generation. Because our daddies didn't know how to show compassion and love. And I love you. And you're a good man, son. You're going to be great. Amen. Why? Because we didn't get that. Oh, he's preaching this morning. Amen. So we don't know how to give ourselves. Amen. Uh, me and my son, amen, he come in this morning in an awkward attitude because he had to tell me Father's Day. So he kind of just walks up and punches. Huh? That's how we show affection. We just punch each other. I love you. I love you. I love you, Nathan. Uh, it's so much... Huh? She said, go ahead and punch it. it it's, 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 it's so much easier. You know what I'm saying? Come, come on, son. Come on, son. It, it, it ain't near as, you know, it ain't near as awkward as. No. Come on, let's just hold hands. Don't do this. I just love you, son. This is weird. I just Thank you. Oh. Hey, I remember. Sit down, son. Sit down. This is my show today. You know, sit down up there. I remember, Josh, what, what grade was you in when I got my last kiss? Fourth grade. I took him to, I took him to school. Amen. And we were standing there in the hall. And, <laughs> amen. Well, I always kiss my kids. You know, I ain't kissed him since he was four. Amen. But he was standing there, and I started to kiss him, tell him I love him. He said, don't. I'm telling you, it took me years to get over that. 
I come home and said, oh my God, something, are you listening to me? It's, it's, it's me, I gotta move on, I got a long way to go, but it's way with me and R. We, we'd rather give you a punch to let you know I love you. We'd rather give you some money to say I love you, amen. But husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself. My God, I got to go on. Verse 26, amen. That he might sanctify and cleanse it. What? The church, his body, his bride. That he may cleanse it with what? The washing of the water by the word. Okay, men, he said, I'm going to show y'all how to do this. Amen. Follow the blueprint. A blueprint's a picture. I'm going to show you how I expect to love your wives. Just love like I loved. I gave myself. I surrendered my own will, my own desires. Nothing was withheld even to the extent of my life because love is always manifested by its willingness to give itself. I can give somebody I don't know money, amen, but it takes love to give somebody a vulnerable part of me. It will always manifest itself in sacrifice. Sacrificing what? 20 bucks? No, sacrificing uh, the, the, uh, the uh, 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 help me, Holy Spirit, sacrificing the, uh, the risk of being foolish, of looking foolish. Amen. It crushes my pride. And us men are narcissistic by nature and we're egotistic at best. What? So when I give myself it puts me in a vulnerable state. He said, this is how I loved my bride. And I hung naked on a cross for her. This is how I loved her. Amen. I come to tell you something, husbands. It ain't all about you. Amen. We are the servants. We are the high chief servants of our home. And when we learn to serve our homes, our homes will begin to uh, perpetuate. Amen. Blessings back to us. You can't imagine. I'm so tired of hearing preachers say, wives, submit yourselves to your husband. Amen. When we start loving like Jesus, they won't have any problem submitting to that kind of love. Woo! Can y'all handle this? Amen. She said, here's how I want y'all to love. Love like I did. Amen. He said, I, I, uh, I gave up my high place and took the low place for her. I gave up position for you. I left the very throne room of God, put on human flesh, and came and washed feet because of my love for you. He said, nothing was too big. Nothing was too little. Nothing was too low. I loved her that much that I'd surrender everything I got and everything that I am. Amen. And catch this. Verse 26, he said, that he may sanctify and cleanse the church, the bride, his wife, with the washing of water by the word. Husbands, hear me now. Catch this point. Christ used his words to sanctify and to cleanse and to make holy. He spoke us to excellence by refuting every lie in our lives and revealing our potential. He said, I'm going to wash you with a word. You got, he looks past our dysfunction and speaks to our potential. Somebody pray for me today. I said, he looks past my dysfunction. Amen. Are you, uh, how many of you guys have been guilty with getting in a crowd and jabbing your wife about dirty dishes? You know how we'll do. Just that little, oh, I was just kidding. Ooh, this is too real. Uh, I was just kidding. Yeah, my wife, she ain't much of a housekeeper, but she's pretty. One out of two ain't bad. Ooh, this, I knew it was going to get deep today. Uh, she's easy to look at. <laughs> Amen. 
He said, not Jesus, he washed his bride and cleansed her with the word of God. Amen. In other words, you are dirty, amen, in your, in your, maybe in your disposition because of how someone else treated you and how someone else talked to you. But when you get hooked up to the right husband and he knows how to talk, he'll take his words and begin to wash insecurity off you. He'll take his words and begin to cleanse you from your low self-esteem. You hear me? But the problem is, ladies, I pray for you and I pity you who are married to men who are insecure because insecure men can never speak words that cleanse you because they need it all the time. Men are the most insecure, that are the most insecure, amen, put on security like a facade and they go overboard and they dominate this is too much. This is too much and I got too far to go. Huh? Insecure man will never build a wife into what she's supposed to be because he's always the victim. He always needs to be lifted up. I need to be felt like I'm somebody. Oh my God, he said it this morning. No men, you gotta know I am who God called me to be in spite of what daddy did or granddaddy did. My heavenly father has made me whole. Marriage is not 50-50. Marriage is not half a man marrying half a woman. Marriage is when a whole man hooks up to a woman and he can speak her to excellence. You are beautiful. You are awesome. Let me speak as a father to some of you, amen, who do not have this privilege. You are chosen by God. Hear me, ladies. Ain't no joker, amen. Pray for your husband. He can't help it, amen. He's insecure because of his past. But do not let his condition be a reflection of your value because God has valued you. You are a daughter of God. Hear it from your spiritual father this morning, amen. You are valuable, you are perfect. You are holy. You are God's. You belong to God. I mean, you're God's. You, you, you're his. He, he, that's who you belong to. Amen. But I'm going to show you why women take it so hard. Amen. They feel rejected men when you're not in your position. I'm going to show you why. They feel rejected. And as perfect and as holy and as powerful they are, they stay in the shadows because they don't have nobody to cleanse them. They don't have nobody to sanctify them and make them holy because we don't know how to speak. Hear me, men. You were created like God. The Bible says that. You were created in the image and the likeness of God. And your Bible says he built the world with words. Hebrews 11 and 3. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by what? The word of God, Ephesians 4, 29, uh, men, let no ugly or hateful words proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the ears. Amen. He said, don't let that rude, ugly, down-talking conversation come out of your mouth. He said, but let everything come out be something that's building them up. Building them up. He said, listen to this, for the use of building up that it may minister grace to the hearers. Amen. Your children needs an extra grace to be what God called them to be. And they can't be men if you're dogging them. What I have seen <laughs> is the men who dog their kids the worst are the men who are the most insecure about themselves. Pastors are in pulpit who can't promote young leaders. They can't raise up leaders because they're so insecure themselves. And you're a threat to me. You're a competitor to me instead of complimenting me. If my kids succeed, I have succeeded. If they win, I have won. I want my kids to stand on my shoulders and go higher than I ever went. Do more than I ever done. He said, what's coming out of your mouth are to minister grace because there's a fallen nature that wants everybody to feel like they are less than. Scott, because of situations and circumstances, every lie, Nisha wants to tell them this. So I need to have some words coming out of my mouth that serves you some grace. 
Amen. And when I say grace, I don't just mean unmerited favor. I mean grace that is the power to succeed. Amen. My kids are successful because I gave them something to work with. They're successful because I gave them a grace. Amen. That they would not have had if I didn't know how to talk to my kids. Oh God, are y'all with me today? Your wives are the same way. The very things you fuss about your wife could be cured by you changing your vocabulary. Whoo, somebody shout, preach, preacher. Just let me know y'all still with me. Can I tell you what? He said, you're a builder. You're an architect. An architect is a little more sophisticated than a builder because he designs. An architect's designs in the bill. Can I tell you, according to this scripture, your words have the power to design your family according to the will of God and build a house that the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. My God, hear me. It will stand the rain. It'll stand, it'll stand in the flood. Brother Steve, it'll stand when the winds come. Ephesians 6 and 4, and I want to read this out of the Amplified. Fathers... Do not provoke your children to anger. It translates, do not exasperate them to the point of resentment with demands that are trivial or unreasonable or humiliating or abusive. Amen. Men become manipulators. And we try to manipulate our kids by dogging their dysfunction. We try to manipulate them to be better when they were young and even when they become parents, we manipulate them by pointing out where they blew it. Oh, y'all, come on, it's Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Stay with me, amen. And we manipulate them that maybe they'll catch the drill. But there's nothing no more demoralizing than the spirit of, of intimidation. What they need is a father to come up under them, amen, and say, you know what? You're doing a great job. You find out what God wants you to do with that family and then you give it everything you got. And you may have blew it on the first one and the second one, for me it was the third one. Where's she at? Amen. Amen. You, you, you may feel like you blow it. Amen. And when you raise your kids like that, it causes resentment. And angry men are raising angry children. Ang uh, 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 insecure men are raising insecure children. Dads, we got to get it right. Oh, we got to build according to the foundation. And maybe some of us need to back up from our building and start digging. What you said this morning, Scott, we're still learning. Ain't God so good that we can back up and dig out? That was self-centeredness on my part. That was manipulation on my part. That was no honor for my child on my part. Oh, y'all listen to me. I can back up and get my shovel out. Amen. You kids just hang in there. Daddy's going to get it right. I didn't think about it in time, but Mother's Day we pass out flowers. I wanted to pass out shovels today. Amen. Just little shovels to carry in your pocket to let you know every now and then when things start going haywire, you just need to start digging. Look, let's go a little further. I want to be through by this time, but Kobe took up my time. <laughs> he said, don't provoke your children. Some of you don't know why your children's acting like they are. You created that monster. Huh? I know there's a rule of thumb, and some of them go off and do their thing, but my Bible says if I raised them right and I poured into them, my legacy's coming back to me. Amen. Some of us don't know why. Amen. We're estranged from our kids, but if we could just step back and do an overview of how we talked. We crushed them. We crushed their spirit. So they're walking around angry and they don't know. Here's the problem. Y'all don't even know why you're angry. They have trouble honoring authority because we were dysfunctional authorities in their lives. Now I have trouble showing honor to a pastor. I have trouble showing honor to the law. I have trouble showing honor to a wife. That's the power you husbands has got. You're the builders. You are the builders. And we stand back and say, why is, why is it a wreck? It's the house you built. Because we built it on the shifty sands of your own personality rather than on the rock, which is Jesus Christ. Let's go deeper. 
Here's another one for you. 1 Peter 3 and 7. Likewise, you husbands, dwell with your wives according to knowledge. Give an honor to the wife as the weaker vessel and as being heirs together of the grace of life that your prayers be not hindered. Amen. Leave it up there. Dwell with your wife according to knowledge. That word knowledge means intimate insight with considerateness. In other words, that is with consideration of what they desire and what they delight in, not to be ignorant of their preferences. He said, if you're going to live with your wife, make it your business to know. Make it your business to know what they need. Come on, come on, wives. Right there would be a good place to... He said, dwell with them according to... Some of you men are so wrapped up with you, we don't know what they need because I'm too busy letting her know what I need. Huh? We got it all backwards. Amen. He said, make it your business to know the will of God for your family. It's your responsibility, Kobe. You ain't even got kids yet. Some of y'all young. It's your responsibility to know. Amen. Don't, don't wait on somebody to give you any advice. He said, you dwell. If you're man enough to marry her, you better be man enough to know what God wants for her, what he wants for you. You better be man enough to know what she likes and don't like and what she needs. Dwell with her according to knowledge. Why? Because she's the weaker vessel. Now listen to me. I'm going to throw something out there heavy. She's the weaker vessel. And I have wrestled with this scripture my whole Christian life because I've pastored a lot, a long time, and I've been a Christian. And to me, the women have always been stronger than the men. Spiritually, mentally, men are sissies. They need you carrying their plate, fixing their plate. They need you laying everything out for them. They need you, and if it's messed up, you messed up. Thank you, Scott, for that wow. I don't know what it meant, but it it helps. (laughs) I said, I don't understand this. Call a prayer meeting and see who shows up. The women. You men are too weak in constitution for commitment. Huh? Uh, this little lady over here with a big smile on her face, she was just weeping in prayer the other day. She said, oh my God, of all the times of this church, I've never seen more men in a prayer meeting than women. Amen. God's doing something. He's raising the men back up. Amen. Are you listening to it? So I never could understand. Why is she the weaker? Well, physically, yeah, maybe. Just depends. <laughs> Tell you, some of you women I wouldn't fool with. So God taught me something I'm going to teach you this morning. He said, you got to dwell with her with knowledge and honor because she is the weaker vessel. And the reason she is the weaker vessel is because she has a vulnerability you don't have. What makes me weaker than you is if I have a vulnerability that you don't have. That makes me weaker than you. Amen. She has a vulnerability that you don't have. Amen. And the reason she has it is because she acted independently of her husband in the garden and the consequence of sin was this vulnerability. Amen. Remember? She wasn't in position. And I I could preach the reason she wasn't in her position is because the husband wasn't in his and she was having to do what he should have been doing. That's what's wrong with most women. They're having to go through things they should never have to go through, but because Adam is hid out over somewhere, he hadn't put away childish things yet. Okay, what is that vulnerability? Your Bible says in the book of Genesis 3.16, God was handing out curses. And I don't like to use the word curse. I'm, I'm, I just hate that word. But your Bible literally says he cursed the serpent. He cursed the man and said, from now on, you're going to, you're going to uh, toil by the sweat of your brow. What used to have been easy is going to become hard. And he said to the woman, I'm going to multiply your pain in childbirth. In pain, you're going to give birth to children. Your desire will be to your husband and he will be responsible for you. Your desire will be to your husband. 
because she stepped out of line, because she acted independently, God said the consequence is your desire is going to be to your husband. Desire means a stretching out after, a longing for, to run after and overflow with feelings and emotions. Amen. Are you listening to me? This is why he said, this is what's going to make you vulnerable to your husband. You're going to have an inerrant passion to run after him. You're going to have a desire for him. You're going to be overrun with feelings and emotions towards him. Amen. Uh, uh, that's why little girls dream of being married. Boys don't. Huh? If a girl goes too long without being married, she starts getting worried. Why? There's something in you that needs to have somebody you can pour an overflow of your affections into. You need it. Us guys, you're 30 years old, I'm just kind of playing the field. <laughs> it's kind of fun out here. I'm fishing in all kind of ponds. <laughs> Come on now, somebody help me. Huh? Yeah, I may get married one of these days, but not right now. I may be fishing on bottom. I may be top water fishing. You never know. I may be after bass today, catfish tomorrow. <laughs> Woo! Gone are the days. Oh, let me come back here. <laughs> uh, are you listening to me? Amen. We're not, we're not wondering what tux we're going to wear at six years old. We're, we're, we're not dreaming of how he's going to propose. Amen. We're not dreaming. Are y'all listening to me? He said this is the, the consequence of sin. It's in you. Amen. That you're going to have this overwhelming desire for your husband. Amen. This longing after, this stretch after. Amen. And Peter said, guys, I want you to understand this consequence of sin and I want you to dwell with them according to knowledge and I want you to understand they need affection. Wow. Come on, man. Oh, I just said a mouthful. I don't know what's the matter with her. She said, I ain't talking. Here's what my house is. Why is it, Dean, that you can talk all day long to everybody else and you come sit down? You ain't got nothing to say to me. I go to the grocery store, two hours later I come back. What happened? Well, you know how it is. People want to talk, huh? And all the time, what you get mad at is that thing God put in her is I just need some time. I just need you to look me in the eyeball. Amen? Not look at me looking back at ESPN. Huh? Yeah, dear, I'm listening. Oh, God, we building this morning. You hear me? He said, I, I, I put it in them. They can't help it because they got out of line. Amen. So there's that longing. There's that feeling and emotion. He said, so I want you to understand it and I want you to honor it. To honor means to put value on her feelings and emotions. Whoa, that somebody ought to write that down. To honor your wife or future wife. He said, I want you to honor them emotions. Just because you don't have them don't mean she don't. Some wives want it in different ways, but there's a desire for it in all of us. Just affection. Just show them some affection. I'm telling you, the dividends are great too. He said honor them. Honor means raise the value. Husbands, I, I command you, if you want to build right, raise the value of that wife. Raise the respect for that wife. God, what a word. I got to hurry. Raise the honor of that wife. Amen. She's not your servant. She's not your slave. She's your helpmate. Amen. I like what one said. God didn't take her from the head to overrule you. She didn't take you from your feet to walk on. He took her from your rib so she would come up under you and be right beside you to accomplish your mission. Honor it. Honor. There's gifts in your wife you'll never access until you raise her value. You'll release her to be what God called her to be. Oh my God, I got to quit. The Bible says Moses said uh, that Moses was faithful in all his house as a servant. 
Hear me, guys. I want to close out with this concept right here. He said, husbands, live with your wives knowing, understanding, honoring, because you're a joint heir with her that your prayers be not hindered. Guys, you can't go where God designed you to go if you're at odds with your wife. If you don't know how to honor, God can't honor you. If you don't know how to respect, God don't, can't respect you. If you don't know how to give, God can't give to you. He said that if I'm not in right relationship with her, my prayers will not even be heard because we are co-heirs in this thing together. I'm literally taking myself outside of the abundance of my inheritance when I am at odds with my wife, when I don't know how to love her properly. It's time for men to be men together. And he said, when you build like this, the rain can come. Branson, they coming. The floods can rise and the wind can beat on your house and your house is going to stand. But here's what's good about it. When they lay me in that grave, my legacy's going on because I built something. I built something that last. I built I'm building something by the word. And, 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 and men, Moses was faithful to his house, meaning a servant. That means he steward as an under-shepherd of the true owner. Your family is a gift from God that he's letting you steward. And when you serve with authority, knowing you're under authority, you never become a dictator. Wow. When you talk to her, like God talks to you, you'll never hurt her feelings. I didn't say we wouldn't correct and instruct. When we talk to our kids, like God talks to us, we'll never break their spirits. We'll build it. Stand with me all over this building. You men are going to get ready to get in the baptismal tub. But before you do, hold up. I'm going to say a prayer. They'll turn some music on. They will be expeditious so you can get on about your Father's Day. Scott set me up this morning. Men, listen to me real close. Guys, some of us older guys, we may not have got it right, Steve. We may not have got it all right. But God is so redemptive in nature that we can say, God, please, just forgive me of that. But if I'm still breathing, I still have the potential to keep building. We can build till they lay us in that grave. So guys, you can't go back and change the divorce. You can't go back and change the way things happen. You can't change all that. It's just done and over with. But if you're still in this building today, we can become master builders on the word of God. And God will redeem the time we lost. We can get it back. For you guys, this not got married yet or are married, you ain't, you're young in your marriage, this information is the blueprint that makes you strong. I want to pray over you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I declare over these men that they are becoming master builders, not get by carpenters, but master builders, architects, that's going to design their children according to the word. They're going to design their marriages by the word. We're going to build on the foundation which is Jesus, the rock. I declare master builders are rising up. I bind and rebuke a spirit of divorce that would wreck our lives. God, let the men arise. Let the men arise, oh Lord God. Let us begin to build according to the blueprint, the red print, oh Lord God Almighty. And let us leave a legacy behind that looks just like Jesus. Just like Jesus.
Oh my God, just a few minutes in prayer, men, right there, as you're meditating, Father, give me the grace to speak words that minister grace. Father, give me grace to speak words that edify and build my family. Oh, come on, right there while you're praying, God, from now on, I'm going to build on purpose. I'm going to build on purpose. I'm going to give of myself. I'm going to give myself. There's some women here that's been hurt, injured, and being crushed even today by narcissistic men. And my heart goes out to them too because they're just insecure little boys that built a house they can't sustain or maintain and they become so destructive. I don't know how to do it, but today I I know the Holy Spirit knows how to minister to you. He knows how to minister to you and give you a grace and a strength. Come on now, I need somebody praying with me. I need you to help me, body of Christ. Some of you women, that man don't understand that you were created with emotions that you're you're designed to just pour them out and they've shattered them and broken them and destroyed your disposition of who you are. Father, right now, as a spiritual father in this house, in the name of Jesus, I pray bring healing today that only you can bring. Bring a consolation that only you can bring. Oh, dear God, help these women, oh Lord God, to realize they are not who their husband said they were. They are who you say they are, oh Lord God. That their worth and value is not a reflection of his inability to recognize it. But Lord, their worth and value was manifest on a cross that you died for them. Oh, come on, I need somebody to stay with me for a minute because the Holy Spirit needs to heal some really deep wounds for that young lady. Maybe if you'll just right now say somehow, Lord, I need grace. I need grace just to see who I am. I need grace to know I'm a daughter. I'm a daughter. I'm a daughter. And Father, I lift those husbands up to you who are little boys trying to operate in a man's world. They're just little broken boys trying to operate in a man's world. I need some some prayer warriors. Father, we pray for their healing. They need to be healed. They need to be restored today, God, to be husbands. Husbands. Husbands that know how to serve. I declare security, a a, a new level of security in our men that they can serve their families. Oh my God, what a great, what a great atmosphere. Granted, oh Lord God, we believe for it, oh God, that the men are coming back. The men are arising. The devil has tried to take the man figure, the head out of the house. Oh, my God. But Jesus, I pray, bruise his head. Bruise the the devil's head today in our homes that men arise in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Okay, gentlemen, y'all get ready. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org.